Let us open our hymn books this morning and turn to hymn number 645, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, and let us, as we are able, to sing together 645.
So firm our faith this morning as together we say the faith in the Nicene Creed. You will find the creed printed there in your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And now take this moment to greet one another this morning in place with the wave offering of peace. This morning I have uh, several things to share with us today. Uh, I am sure that most, if not everyone, has heard that uh, Peggy Jones died yesterday after a very brief illness. Uh, I'd like to share some of the arrangements for her this coming week. Uh, visitation will be 
details from 5 to 7 p.m. on Wednesday, October 15th at the Coleman Funeral Home in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Here on Thursday, October 29th, there will be a service of witness to the resurrection in the chapel here at 11 a.m. Uh, burial will take place at the Mumford Cemetery in Covington, Tennessee, where her family plot is at 2 p.m. Thursday afternoon. So uh, those are uh, the arrangements this coming week for Peggy Jones. Peggy, uh, this week, sometime, she had fallen a week ago Wednesday, but sometime this week, she uh, began to bleed internally. And uh, that went uh, very fast. And by the time that uh, uh, Saturday morning rolled around, Jim took her to the emergency room. She didn't want to go anywhere before that. And uh, it just cascaded and she really never uh, was able to, to recover. The doctor saying that she was too fragile. Uh, so it came unexpected, certainly, and uh, many folks uh, uh, were shocked, as, as everyone was, about that. Jim is at home today. He's got uh, some of his nephews and nieces have been around him and, and seeing about him, and he's in good company, but certainly continue to be in prayers for him. We, we scheduled a family cookout this evening that uh, because of, well, now it's not supposed to get above 58 today, it's raining, so we are canceling that. Uh, there will be nothing this evening, and so uh, you'll have to go someplace else, I guess to Sonic, to get your hot dog tonight. So I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Many of the folks who signed up for that, uh, including Jim and Peggy Jones, uh, certainly won't be here, and others. So. Again, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we just can't do that, and uh, we'll, we'll schedule something else as the virus and weather permit. I remind the women that this Thursday morning Bible study will have to be canceled because of the funeral service. The men's Tuesday morning Bible study will continue at 8 o'clock that morning. Uh, as many of you have already done, the Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child boxes are available or you can have Samaritan's Purse complete the box for you with a donation of $31 per child. Uh, many have contributed the money and uh, foregone the shopping for the box this year and I fully understand that. That is how I'm going to do it this year. Although I'd like to go out there and do that, I'm just going to uh, write a check uh, to the church for the uh, Samaritan's Purse Christmas boxes. And uh, if you would like to do that, uh, we're gonna be able to take those contributions up through, uh, I believe, the 16th uh, because of the checks. So the 16th of November, which is, not so far away since next Sunday is November 1st and the beginning of the month of November. By the way, uh, Halloween being on the Saturday the 31st, it's also the night that time changes. And so uh, this coming Saturday night, 
when, when you go to bed, set your clocks back the hour because that's the official start of the daylight savings time. So uh, that all changes this coming weekend in that regard. All right, so those are some of our announcements today. Now, our first scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of Matthew, if you would like to turn to follow the reading, in the ninth chapter, reading the end of that chapter, verses 35 through 38. Jesus has been about his ministry now for some time, and here he's talking with his disciples as they're going through the towns, and he says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in all their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. May God bless this, the reading and hearing of his word from the Gospel of Matthew. Now this morning, Mary Short has a solo for us, Give Me Jesus.
Mary Lima, thank you. Give me Jesus. As we go to God in prayer this morning, uh, certainly we continue to remember Jim Jones and his extended family. You know, Jim and Peggy had no children of their own, but numerous nieces and nephews and um, grand nieces and grand nephews who are all very close to them. And so just ask your prayers for the family. Mike Robinson remains at the Jewish nursing home and rehab. He's also having a wound cared for. Uh, he developed a wound on his leg uh, and he has to have that healed as well so he can go back to his apartment at, at the Heritage on Forest Hill Irene. Uh, certainly, uh, I want you to be thinking and certainly praying for the Gulf Coast because Tropical Storm Zeta uh, has formed uh, right below Cancun, Mexico, and the projections are that it will hit Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. And um, uh, a few weeks ago during Delta, I was praying we wouldn't have Epsilon. Well, Epsilon happened out in the Atlantic, and now Zeta has happened here and uh, those folks just they don't need any more so certainly be in prayer for them be in prayer for our nation the virus numbers continue to rise now again as we are experiencing a spike in the fall um, for various different reasons uh, for instance center hill high school in desoto county where um, logan and landon mix who were here last last Sunday with the Joneses, it's their grandnephews. Um, they had to cancel homecoming this weekend and football game and the football team, numerous ones, including Logan and Landon tested positive for the virus. And um, uh, it's just one of those things that continues to happen there. So, um, be in prayer for those uh, as we continue to do that. And certainly, uh, we're getting very close, and I am grateful that we are getting very close to the end of this election season. And uh, if you haven't voted, 
uh, early. Uh, I encourage you to do so, so you don't have to stand in lines on election day. And uh, just let me strongly encourage everyone to exercise their right to vote. So with all those things in mind, let us bow our heads and go to God in prayer this morning. Oh, gracious God, as we come to you today, we uh, pray for many people. We pray for Jim Jones. We just lift him up to you, mighty God, and we pray that your peace and your comfort be with him. He and Peggy would have been married 62 years next Sunday. And so, Lord, we just ask that your presence and your mighty arms surround him and his extended family over the course of these next several days and weeks. We thank you for Miss Peggy and for all that she meant to this congregation and to the people in it. We pray this day that your healing hand continue to be upon Mike Robinson as he uh, continues his time of rehab and his recovery. We ask, O oh Lord, that your, your healing hand be upon his leg where this sore is and that you continue to strengthen his body that he may be able to go back to his apartment. We pray for our nation in the midst of these elections, for president, for Congress, for the Senate, for local state representatives and senators, for local elections, for all the things that we are voting on, which are numerous across the land. We pray, and we pray, O oh Lord, that you remind every citizen that they have a responsibility because of the right to vote. Let them use that responsibility. We pray for our nation as well, as well as the world, as we continue now, Lord, to battle this virus that runs amok across the land and across the world. We pray, O oh Lord, that you continue to help doctors and nurses treat and care for and researchers to find treatments and cures. We do pray that. And we pray, O oh Lord, for all those impacted for schools and businesses, for families and lives, for churches, for all of us who are learning to do things quite differently still, we pray this day. And we ask all these things and we make our prayers, both these spoken and each and every prayer from the heart this day. And to them we add together the prayer that Jesus taught us and we now say, Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Now, our second scripture reading this morning is found in the letter of Paul to the church and, and the, Galatia, the Galatian churches. Let me get that out. And uh, I invite you, if you would like to, Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, page 826 in the uh, Pew Bibles. So, 
Paul writes, verse 7, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. May God bless again the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning. Well, we've been hearing this series of sermons I've called the Harvest Home Sermons over this course of uh, the month of October. We're going to finish with them next uh, Sunday on November the 1st. The Harvest Home Sermons will be over. Today, the sermon is, as you can see, entitled, We Will Reap What We Sow. We Will Reap What We Sow. Well, let me begin this morning. When we read that first scripture passage from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has been about his ministry for a great deal of time now, probably well over a year that he has been out there teaching, preaching the gospel, sharing, healing the sick, casting out the demons, fighting with the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and the scribes and the priests and and doing all sorts of things, fighting in the sense of arguing and going through the many different things that the gospel was getting to. And as he's doing this, it becomes very obvious that the need is great out there, that the need is really great. And people are always bringing to him those who are sick, those who are ill, those who are possessed, those who need a word of comfort, a hand to heal them. And so he sees this and he begins to realize just how great the human need is. And so at the end of those words from Matthew, he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, Jesus often would use the things that he saw going on around him in his time to teach and to give expression. Across the street from my subdivision, we have these big soybean fields, and they are currently being harvested. Watch with amazement as the field is completely clear-cut, and the harvesters come through in the machines and 
out just shoots the soybean into the trucks, waiting to receive the fruit of the harvest. And here we are in our area, we're getting close to the end of the harvest season. The soybean, the cotton, the milo, and the hay are the remaining things to be harvested. Everything else already being harvested and taken place. And so we watch and we are amazed. Now think, today we have these great big huge machines from John Deere, International Harvester, other farm equipment producers, and these great big machines, they go out there and they make short order work of harvesting. But up until the last couple of hundred years, really the last 150 years, all the harvesting at the end of the season was done by hand. People would have to go out. So Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he was always right about that. I have never had to harvest from a field. Now, my daddy told me stories about harvesting. My great-granddaddy grew cotton. And he and his older brother, as children, would go out into the cotton field. And, you know, back then, the cotton sack was very long. And you just kept picking cotton all day long. And you weighed that cotton at the end of the day, and you got paid a day's labor for how much cotton you picked. And you had to pick, and you were paid by the pound of cotton. My dad and his older brother used to throw rocks in their cotton sacks. Their great, their granddaddy, my great granddaddy, found this out very quickly. And both boys, how shall I say, suffered from tender behinds. But still, harvesting is something that we, we see going on, but we often now, so far away from it, we don't think of it much in our lives. But Jesus is doing this. So Jesus says this here in chapter 9, and then in chapter 10, Jesus acts on what he sees. In chapter 10, he then sends the 12 disciples, two by two, he sends them out, he gives them authority to teach the gospel, to cast out demons, to make people better, to heal people. He sends them out. He has prepared them to a degree. He sees the need is great, and he sends them out into the land. And the harvest is bringing the gospel to all those that are in need. That is what he is doing the gospel is out there. People have heard about it, and now they are beginning to reap what Jesus has been sowing, the good news of the kingdom of God. And so out they go, out to do this. And we think to ourselves, okay, so Jesus is out doing that. In our own day and time, we can see that. 
because of the conditions of across the land and across the world, we could honestly answer the question and say, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And the need across the land is great. The need across the world is great. And so one of the things that we do as churches is that we send missionaries. We support missionaries. We are active in doing so. We send and support missionaries in France, in Lebanon, in Brazil, in Ethiopia, in, and soon here in Mexico. We are out there actively working. And it's important they know the harvest fields are full. Let me share you with you this morning from our missionaries in France, uh, the Kims. And they sent me this, their church supporters this week, this newsletter. And in it, they are asking us to pray, especially for France, because France is about to enact a law, enact a law that will severely curtail how parents can raise their children and how they can educate them. He says, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, is using the current pretext of the Islamization of France to undermine the rights of more than 2,000 families that currently homeschool their children throughout the country. Without a massive petition and the convincing of the government by several key family right groups, the stage is set that on December 9th, 2020, the signing of a new law that will mandate all French families to educate their children in French schools starting at three years of age. There are several laws currently in place that give parents the right to educate their children as they see fit. But if this law is passed, these families will lose their fundamental rights. Now, they currently, the Kims, they teach in a Christian school. Parents would not be able to send their children to the Christian schools. They would have to send them to the secular schools of France. And this is set to become law on December 9th. It's in fact a, a reaction against the influx of Islamic uh, refugees, but it's going to affect all those who believe. And so can you imagine, can you imagine in our country where the parents could not send their children to the schools they so desired. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We face similar difficulties around the world with our missionaries in Lebanon, to a degree in Brazil, in Mexico, in other spots in the world, but even here in our own land where we have these conditions where whole school systems are still virtual, where there is difficulty, we need to be able to help. And we need to be able to be ready to help 
at a moment's notice in that regard. Now, the ongoing work of missions is an important aspect of our ministry because it does produce a harvest, one we may never see, but it will. God is faithful. God will accomplish things that we never imagined or dreamed of. And that is where the second of our scripture readings this morning comes into great play. Because here in Galatians, Paul talks about the very thing. A man reaps what he sows. We as Christians need to be mindful of what we are doing, what we as Christians are practicing, how we are sowing God's purposes, his truth, his word with ourselves, with others, with our families. It is important. Oftentimes, many times, we are about doing things that are just for ourselves, for our own particular needs. We are so focused in on that, but we are called to do more. It says, one who sows to please the Spirit, the Spirit of God, from the Spirit will reap, it says here, eternal life. What a powerful testimony about sowing and reaping. Now, we also live in a day where everything is frustrating, where everything is doubly hard, where nothing is simple. Saturday, I was with Jim when he told me that Miss Peggy was in the ER. I went down to the hospital and we stood outside the emergency room doors because that's as far as I could go. We talked and we prayed. Later on, the hospital called and said, you need to come and be with them. And they let me in. And but that's the only way you can get in is if the hospital calls and says, come in. But when they call, you need to go. We live in extraordinary times. Paul goes on here in verse 9 of that passage. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. He says, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's what we're doing. We're persevering in this. The harvest still remains out there, and it will for a long time, but we must continue to persevere. Back at the end of March, when all of this began, one of my first online sermons, when we weren't meeting, we weren't doing anything, one of my first online sermons was entitled, The Coming Trial. The Coming Trial. And I was talking about this trial that we are all experiencing. When I preached that sermon, I had no idea in my own mind that it would be already eight months in. No idea. And I'm afraid it's probably at least eight months to go. But we need to persevere in doing good. We need to be persevering in doing the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to persevere and we need to wait on God. God will give the harvest. 
out of this. We don't know what that will be, but we pray and we hope that God is able to do marvelous and great things from all of this. Our God is able to do all things, including helping us to overcome such times as this. So, we are out there sowing. Let us sow good. Let us sow the gospel. Let us sow the ability to encourage others, to help others, to support others, to be about the good things, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us do these things. Let us not grow weary. We need to hear that on Sundays like this and days of the week like that are ahead of us. You know, we're going to be now entering into the, the darkest time of the year, likewise. The days will grow shorter and shorter until we get to Christmas. And everything will just seem more enclosed and like we're, we're confined more and more simply because it's darker. But do not be depressed. Do not feel hopeless. See what it is that God is working in you. Take this time to plant new seeds for God's purposes. For the harvest will come. And we will be able to transform what we are doing because God is still at work. Well, thanks be to God who gives us the courage and calls us forth to be those who sow and reap for His kingdom. Amen. I remind you all that if you would like to do so, the offering plate is there at the back door uh, as you go out. And again, thank you all for your faithfulness in giving and in supporting the church and its missions and ministry. Let us pray. And now, mighty God, we thank you this day for this time of worship. We thank you for your word that brings us hope and encouragement. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Help us to be faithful. For we give our thanks and praise this day in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to close with a very old hymn that we do not sing very often. As a matter of fact, I can't remember the last time that we as a congregation sang Faith of Our Fathers, and we probably will be very rusty at it. But let us stand and open the hymn books to 594, and let us sing together Faith of Our Fathers.
And now, my friends, go from this place this morning in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day. And I do pray forevermore. Amen.